Hey all you space cats, welcome to the Black Hole Podcast, Season 7, Episode 6. The V-Day Special. Um, I'm your host, Mitch Miller, the most transparent person in the world. And the most neutral person in the world. Transparent because I post all all of my purchases to my Twitter account. Uh, I might not be the most transparent person in the world, but I'm definitely the most transparent candidate for President of the United States. Neutral uh, because of my background and my education and just where I've positioned myself uh, in society. Um, So the V-Day special today, I'm going to talk about how I would systematically dismantle the pharmaceutical industry, right? So a little background. My father-in-law was was an executive at Johnson & Johnson, a large pharmaceutical and healthcare company. Now, I did an investigation into the Johnson & Johnson company. I, 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 I didn't set out to investigate them but things fell in my lap and in circumstances I've been put in I continue to find myself in a position to investigate the Johnson and Johnson Corporation and its subsidiary Janssen Pharmaceuticals I followed that rabbit hole it took me all over the world uh, because I was trying to talk to political officials about what my findings were none of them ever approached me so now here we are, uh, and I'd be happy to talk about these investigations with anyone that would want to talk. But I did an investigation in Johnson & Johnson. I found multiple cases of at least one case of fraud involving patent number, which a company that owns patents on medical devices and pharmaceuticals, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, multiple cases of fraud or questionably ethical uh, practices at the Johnson & Johnson Corporation. After these investigations, after trying to reach out to government, the media, and a couple different avenues, I became so frustrated that I actually tried to divorce my spouse uh, because of all the hypotheticals going on in my head as to how these fraudulent situations could be abused. And... um, That did not come to fruition, Uh, so I decided to confront my father-in-law about my investigations. And and while we were eating on the lawn at his private boat club at the lake where he built a lake house, um, I did try attempt to confront my father-in-law. Now, my heart was racing. It was difficult for me to organize my thoughts. But I did try to explain, I I explained that his company should hire someone like me, someone neutral, to investigate, conduct an investigation, and report to the executives that don't want to operate in a fraudulent or malfeasant way uh, or an unethical way. So I could prepare a report for them um, and the execs that like to slink around in the shadows and continue to um, operate that way uh, 
it would be uh it would be maybe they could get those people out of the company ideally right um my father-in-law did not agree with me and when we got back into the car to go back to the lake house he tried to take me to a mental hospital specifically the mental ward in his hometown um, at the hospital where his family had worked so uh, I escaped the vehicle temporarily and uh, that's another story but um, it's been over five years I haven't heard from any pharmaceutical and I, I investigated other pharmaceutical companies as well but none, none as thoroughly as Johnson & Johnson and again, that wasn't as a personal uh, vendetta. That was simply because things kept landing in my lap. So this is why I have no reservations about systematically dismantling the, big, the pharmaceutical industry as president of the United States. Now, big pharma, the pharmaceutical industry, these, these people, they reap 1,500% profits off of some of their products, 1,000 500% profit. Uh, that's not what I would define as a fair profit. And this is what I mean by mismanagement, right? These corporations, these corporate communists and their corporations, they rig the system for huge profit like that, 1,500%. Or they line up for corporate welfare, they manipulate the politicians so that they get uh, taxpayer money to prop up their business. This is mismanagement. And uh, it's not going to stand with me. I, I was a small business owner, and these small business owners know how to manage a, a business on a shoestring budget. They know how to um, look at every cent. And uh, that's the type of people that should be leading these companies that your retirement relies on, not these executives that uh, are mismanaging and just rely on the systems they manipulated through lobbyists through campaign donations to make 1,500% profit, right? Now, Big Pharma, they say it's for research. I've, I've heard a lot of these excuses, obviously, in, uh, you know, I in the conversations I've had over the past 17 years or 20 years, uh, I do try to bring up certain aspects of, uh, of rational thinking and like to hear the... Uh, the responses um but they say it's for research but half of the research is paid for by taxpayers right universities get grants for research and these big pharmaceutical companies step in and cherry pick the best uh, most profitable prospects for new drugs and medications so they might invest some in research and development but the taxpayer pays for a lot of it at these universities and that's why we should start with the universities i think to try to rearrange this system so that it looks out for saving people's lives right that's how these executives are able to uh sleep at night because they believe they're saving people's lives but they could save a lot more people's lives if they didn't have 1500 percent profits now we start with the universities um, they already have, a lot of these universities already have large or mid-size or small nonprofit hospital systems. So they have an entity 
that is a nonprofit. Um, so what I want to do is enact a law, uh, a bill that would allow for the formation of nonprofit entities for universities to form nonprofit entities that can manufacture uh, pharmaceuticals, right? Um, and these would be transparent, a lot more transparent than our hospital systems. Um, that's what we're going for here is transparent businesses. If we could get big pharma to be transparent, maybe there wouldn't be all these um, slush funds and we could see where the profit is going instead of slush funds for covert operations or whatever they're doing with that money. Um, so transparent, these entities can produce drugs, you know, produce the, the low-risk drugs, the, the common drugs like insulin, heart medication, blood thinners, uh, some psych meds, and uh, birth control, these bread and butter drugs that are low risk, that um, you know these universities could manage. The entity itself would have a liability aspect, so that you can't take down the whole university if something goes wrong. But these are the these are the standard drugs that have been in manufacture for fifty years, seventy years. Let's take those off of the plate of the big pharmaceutical companies and make them in house at our universities. And uh, if they really think that they're spending good money on research and development, let them go after the high-risk uh, drugs since they're getting 1,500%, 1,700% profit, right? Um, put their money where their mouth is, I guess, is, a, is a, the logic behind this. But on the note of birth control, I want to talk a little bit about my experience with my, with my spouse. Uh because I don't know if it's because it's free because they enacted that law uh, years ago that birth control is free for everyone. But um, because of that, my theory is that um, they switch manufacturers on this birth control. So you have a prescription for the hormonal or whatever birth control pills. That's what my spouse is on. But every three months when we go to the pharmacy they'll switch the manufacturer. It's the same prescription, but they switch manufacturer. Well, every manufacturer is slightly different. We've noticed, she's noticed, you know, sometimes we'll get six months on the same prescription, but she notices physical effects in her body because it's a different manufacturer. And uh, this is, this is uh, ridiculous in my opinion. And, and, and I think, um, until and, and she has these physical effects until she gets used to it. So in the second month, it's not as bad. And then month three, and then we go get another prescription, and it's a different manufacturer, and it's all over again. So this is – my theory is that, that the pharmaceutical companies are covering their liability, covering their risk, these different manufacturers, by swip-swapping it up. And these are millions, tens, hundreds, hundred million – I don't know how many million women are on – birth control but they're swip swapping the manufacturers on you and just to cover risk and liability and another dubious uh theory i have is that they could actively be experimenting on the female population of the united states and i'll explain how this happens my question is who funds patient record tracking software 
right? And I'm going to look into this as president. If these pharmaceutical companies are funding the software that hospitals and doctors and physicians use to track patients and their side effects, then big pharma could actively be experimenting on the population, right? They get the drug passed through the FDA through the trials, but their trials continue because they can have back doors into this software and see the side effects coming up on populations of people, right? So, for instance, say women could keep the same manufacturer and prescription of birth control, and then uh, certain women develop ovarian cysts with a certain manufacturer. This could be red flagged on the software, and the pharmaceutical company could see this and then do damage control, right? That's what these pharmaceutical companies are good at, damage control. So that's just an example using women's birth control. Um, but other drugs like psych meds and things like that, you could see how this could uh, be abused. So I think funding for patient record tracking software should not ever come from any subsidiary of a ph pharmaceutical company or any executive or any ownership. It should all be separated uh, so that there's not backdoors and availability to get in and, and see this. Um, so what I would do as president for, for women, for women on birth control, like my spouse, is I would develop a program. It's free for everyone. I don't think women would mind paying $1 per month to ensure that they can stay on the same manufacturer so that they don't feel these physical side effects. So, you know, I don't know what the expenditure would be to do this, so we're going to go with a dollar uh, women, a special program where women can pay $1 when they get their prescription per month, and the pharmacy must carry the same manufacturer for their prescription as long as they pay a dollar. So that's my idea for that. Uh, now, these pharmaceutical companies, they use patents to secure their profit. They profit these drugs, or they patent these drugs. They use the patent uh, system to secure these huge profits. And that's why one of the investigations I did involved patent fraud. And uh, I believe I have the tools that, if I'm president, to really uh, rearrange things and shake things up in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, look, life-saving medicine should be public domain, right? And I think ethically most people would agree with that. It's just we've been manipulated by the media to allow these companies to do this. So I'm going to look into patent law, and I'm going to see if we can uh, pass some law or propose some bills where no organic material even if it's derived synthetically, can be patented. That's, that's my proposal. So these drugs that are organic or, or uh, hormones or anything like that, they can't be patented. Um, and this could help farmers with the GMOs, and I'll get into that in the next episode. The genet genetically modified organisms owning the plants, owning the seeds, this could help with this too. So... I think it needs to happen. I think this type of patent reform should come about uh, to help farmers, to help people, patients, and uh, the public.
Now, as for nuclear med- nu- nuclear nuclear med- medicine, sorry, I'm I have an, a little bit of an accent. I don't know if you've ever noticed, so I pronounce words uh, a little different. But nuclear medicine uh, is a non-organic; it's radioactive material. And as for that type of medicine, these are usually cancer treatments. Uh, look, the nuclear program is highly regulated. It, it's part of the state secrets. Um, you know, I think there, there should be something the president should be able to do to lower the cost of nuclear medicine to the lowest it possibly should be because of the sensitive nature of handling radioactive material. It's highly regulated. Um, so there should be something with national security, with the with the uh, laws and regulations, and there should be some type of mandate that the president can do to lower these drugs to the lowest possible, whether it's any company involved with nuclear medicine has to be transparent so that we can see the profits uh, and see the executive pay structure and things like that. Um, I don't know. I'm going to look into it as president. I'm going to try to lower all this stuff uh, as low as possible. So other ideas I have patients involved in the clinical trials. I think they should get a cut of the profit from the pharmaceutical companies. This was, is another way to get transparency from pharmaceutical companies. They have to show specifically what profit they're making off of these drugs and cut in the trial patients. And rather than just getting $600 for being in the trial, um, you get a cut of the profit in perpetuity, hypothetically. And I think these clinical trial patients should be able to vote through direct democracy on how that drug is used or released or who, what countries we give it, we allow to manufacture it as well, things like that. So that is some of the ideas I have for, um, not necessarily dismantling the pharma- well dismantling the pharmaceutical industry as we know it. We'll put it that way. And there's still profit to be made. It might be a fair profit, uh, not fifteen hundred percent, but there will still be intelligent people that will try to help uh, you know bring pharmaceuticals to market. Now. I'll I'll close on this idea because, look, say I don't win the presidency, right? Which is uh, a very real possibility I'm I'm aware of. And I just want to settle down back in my hometown and open a pub. Now, you know me, it's going to be the most uh, direct democracy managed pub with different ideas for um, the community and uh, mental health and things like that. Um, and I just want to open this pub, but how do you go, say I wanted to try to secure funding to open my pub investment, how do you go to, uh, an, a former retired executive and say, look, I need a hundred thousand dollars to buy a pub. The profit's only going to be 20 or 30% of fair profit. This person has been used to making 15, 1700% profits his whole life. 
right? They're going to laugh you out of the room. There's no point of even bringing it up. And that's what these corporate communists with their rigged system, you, you can't even approach them about these things because they, they're, if you're not making exponential profit, um, they're not even going to consider it. And that's why we don't have the innovation we should have in this country, the United States of America, because they're not interested unless it's rigged so that that you're the only person that's going to be able to uh, deliver this to market or you're going to get some kind of welfare from the government and, and manipulate the law and all kinds of stuff, right? So, you know, um, I'd be I'd be fine being a simple pub owner. Uh, if you'd like to invest in my pub idea, it's published on, uh, I believe, the trafnet.org um, website, but I'll close on, uh, you know, if you want to support the dole.us website where everyone can vote on who I should challenge to a dole, um, you can buy our make doles, not war t-shirt. They're for sale at, Berwick, at Original Ideas Gallery in Berwick, Pennsylvania. You can also contact me for these. They have two doling pistols crossing each other. I came up with the idea for the design. Bill Earl designed it. Originally, I I thought the idea should be Duels Not War. He, had, he added Make Duels Not War, which I think is a good addition. So, obviously, Bill will get a cut from any of these t-shirt sales. Um, but my my cut will go towards building the website dual.us. Um, also, we have uh, there's no can't in American shirts. These are my campaign shirts. They come in red, blue, and white, and they have that color scheme in the wording. And uh, any sales of these will go towards my campaign and building the Periscope platform so that we can vote on who my vice president should be, vote on the Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury. So consider purchasing these shirts. Contact me. Uh, and uh, if you have a small shop or a gallery and you'd like to carry these shirts, I can probably front. I've, I've printed a thousand of the make or several hundred of the make. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no Canton American shirts. I have those in stock be happy to send you some to put up in your shop, your store, um, your gallery. Uh, so thanks for listening. And until next time, I wish, I wish you peace, prosperity, and homeostasis.